1: Well, there just weren't that many skaters. Really? So there were two. There, there were two other skaters in my high school. But the skate park was never occupied. Was it like always kind of an empty thing? Uh, was it... No. I mean, it was there weren't many skate parks, so the one that we had was where everyone would converge. So yeah, there were a handful, maybe a dozen people there at a time, but um, nothing major. No.
0: But for the most part, it was like you in the neighborhood, and maybe like one other dude. Did you catch a lot of flack for it? For skating?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Like the uh, whole, like it was so funny because it was. I think people don't people don't really realize that, that it's such a part of our pop culture now. But when you were one of the pioneers of your world, it was kind of like you were a man on your own island.
1: It was a weird time. Are we just going? Yeah, sorry, we're rolling. Sorry. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it well, was a weird a time because intro? skating wasn't popular, right. and so but but I was starting to have success in skating. So it yeah. was this really kind of niche uh, industry and interest, and so. I would go to school and literally people would drive by in the parking lot and yell out skater fag. Skater fag. Yeah, skater fag. You should have adopted that. That was like the thing. Skater fag. And then I would go to, say, Florida for the weekend and go to some big championships and... And have fans, yeah, and like sign autographs and and win money, and then go back to school. Skater fag, like it was just so weird. <laughs> it was a very weird. You're a championship um, skater fag. Paradox. What's that? You're a championship skater <laughs> yeah, fag. Yeah, a, that's champion skater fag. Yeah, me, buddy. correct yourself. In here, we pour whisk, 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 whisk. you were that creature in the ginger beard. Sturdy and ginger, like that. The ginger gene is a curse. Gingers are beautiful.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Whiskey Ginger. My guest today is one of my favorite people on earth. I say that for all my guests, but I mean it yet again today. (laughs) Mr. Tony Hawk. Tony, thank you so much for being here. Cheers to you. Cheers. Having a little whiskey. We've had the fans ask. It's Knob Creek 100. That's what we're drinking right now. And it's delicious because so many people are just like, you have to tell people what the fuck you're drinking. I'm like, okay, dude. (laughs) The people get so, the fans get so agitated at nothing. You see like down here, there's like a, um, this uh, light switch. I mean, this uh, outlet. Yes. For a while, it cracked, so the panel was cracked. We How many people, for real, we had so many people 100. write uh, in to be like, the panel's cracked, man, what the uh, fuck? Yeah, I just had this everything. conversation
1: with someone. I did this interview, it's like a half hour interview, and um, I was wearing a hoodie, and one of the, the whatever, drawstrings was kind of like flipped up by accident. I sure. didn't know. Why would you? That's all people talk about. Yeah. I mean, there is genuinely good content in this interview. Right. That's all they can obsess. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Like, I can't watch this with that. Tony string, string, dude. Tony string is so annoying. Yeah, it's a problem.
0: So uh, before we jump back, we were talking about, you know, San, uh, San Diego and and growing up in that life and you kind of being the only one of your crew. When did you feel like people started to culturally catch on around you and skating became much thicker and more popular?
1: Uh it was around my senior year of high school. Cuz then it I mean, really the, the, took... like that was that was the wave in the 80s though so it's hard to it's hard to compare it now or, or to the wave in the early 2000s because it was on a whole different level. Right. At that time but in the 80s suddenly I you know I was making pretty good money people would know my name they they wouldn't necessarily be able to pick me up, pick me out of a crowd but they right. knew who I you know that there's the skater Tony Hawk that's successful. And uh, I bought a house while I was still a senior in high school.
0: Holy shit! Where'd you buy? Where was it? Down in San Diego? In Carlsbad. Oh, yeah. in
1: Carlsbad. Yeah. Um, and so that was a challenge to um, show up to school on time or at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in yeah. my senior year. <laughs> yeah. How could because, you? Because you know everyone's waiting for whose parents are out of town. My parents were never home. They weren't there. So. Did your
0: parents fight you on that when you wanted to buy a house, or were they like, nah, do no? No. It thing. was it was my dad's idea. Okay. Because he wanted you to financially set yourself. Yeah, up a little bit, Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because
1: he 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 thought. Um, And I was, you know, I I was oblivious or blissfully oblivious in the sense that I thought I was just going to keep going, and he saw that maybe this will be short-lived, and you better put your money away, which was way smarter, obviously.
0: But turns out, well, not he was (laughs) right
1: though because I had a few good years, and then everything just dropped. What was it? How long was the gap that you feel about kind of falling, dropping off, or whatever? Before it, before it dropped? Yeah, Uh, I would say about. four years until it started to really decline and then suddenly my paychecks were because my paychecks were all um royalties right and so they started dropping by half every month wow and suddenly i was i was with two mortgages a kid on the way and my income was just dwindling do you
0: think it was do you think like (coughs) pop pop uh, socially pop culturally skateboarding started to kind of die off what was this thing that kicked it back into full gear you think
1: um well, it definitely took a while, so I would say in the years ninety nineteen ninety one to nineteen ninety six ninety seven ish yeah skating was underground. it was all street. I mean, the mid nineties kind of kind of captured that where everyone that skated was considered an outlaw because there were no designated facilities, right so if you wanted to go skate, you had to go out on the streets and be a nuisance to people right. You had to
0: be an annoying like I like I talked. I'm an '80s baby, and I talked. We had I had uh, P. Rod on the show, yeah. and we talked ex- extensively about kind of my generation of when I started skateboarding when I was a kid. And um, and by the way, I will make comparisons. We're very similar skill level of skateboarding. Tony and I P- pretty parallel, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially I, now. Yeah, now. Yeah, no. When I started, it was kind of still this you know negatively viewed thing. Everyone had a problem with it. It wasn't so promoted. It wasn't such a common thing. You were <laughs> and still parents didn't want their kids no. doing yeah, it. No, yeah, my but, parents hate, fucking hated the fact yeah. that I would go hang out all day long at a board shop. That was so annoying. They thought yeah. it was such a waste of time. Yeah. I was like, you don't get it. That's like our community. And to them, it was just, it, it was socially such a waste of space and time. And I, I, I'm, I guess I'm curious from your perspective, what do you think is the energy shift that kind of kicked it back into being okay again? Or I, I mean, I don't know.
1: Uh, I think it had a lot to do with the X games yeah. initially. Uh, in that was the first one was ninety-five. It was still kind of an experimental and, and still viewed as I don't know, like a test circus right. type of thing. And then once once they started weeding <clears throat> once they started weeding out all this sort of stranger sports that they added in there at the beginning right because they did like, have some weird shit rock climbing bungee jumping <laughs> yeah, sky surfing dude. eco challenge like, if red what? bull
0: existed they would have been all over that shit yeah. that would have been red bull presents x games presents and then know. it was
1: everything was extreme so you know you're a skater you're like you're an extreme athlete no i'm a skater
0: just a skater man yeah rock climbing i always I? hated that term when they say extreme
1: athlete it was so weird it was such right. a strange well it just they just want to because they don't understand it so they want to just sort of pigeonhole you into yeah. if they can categorize thing. you yeah it, categorize, ma- yeah, it yeah, yeah it makes
0: it easier for them right
1: yeah but but as that progressed and, and as the as the more refined sports and popular sports started to rise in that movement in the X games um, things started to take off I mean I really yeah. I would say after like 1997 in the X games that was that was the thing kids are watching
0: yeah it became it became the thing <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> Um, do, do and you, then
1: f- combine that with our video game release in 1999. That was that was sort of the the perfect storm and the tipping point of popularity. Like that's that's when skating was just in the mainstream, and that's when parents that was when parents embraced it. Right, because they saw these guys on they saw people on TV. They saw um, a genuine career that could be had. Right, and I think also they saw the attitude like the skaters that were shown on TV then including guys like Paul Rodriguez were all, they were all approachable. They were all real. They they were doing it cause they loved it. They weren't doing it for million dollar contracts. They weren't right. They weren't at arm's length from the fans. They were, they were right there. They did it cause they loved it. And, and I feel like kids could identify with that.
0: Right. I think, well, they, they were, they were, uh, that was kind of the, the revolution of really like connecting with your fans and, and, and because I, I remember going to watch team tours, you know, and team board signings or whatever at at, yeah. at board shops. And I always thought that was incredible because as a kid, you can't imagine all these – these your favorite team coming to town that you're going li- to like get to meet them at this before they go to the park and go skate. I think that was kind of this thing that helped the culture become so unified and so large because I, w- I was bl- – I remember – you know, meeting guys and being like fucking Jamie Thomas and freaking out. And you out. would go get to skate with them. Yeah, it was incredible. You got to literally just go. Yeah, that was that that fourth wall was broken. This like, you know, you couldn't touch them type of thing. Right. Now that they were like, no, come come fuck with us. And whoever's the best can also come, you know, come skate with us. I thought that was that to me was, you know, that was I kind of think the term for my childhood of when it became so popular and so big. I mean, that whole, you know, the, the kids that rollerbladed in my high school, it was like such a strong division of like rollerblading kids oh, yeah. fruit booters or whatever they want right. yeah 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 and skateboarders it, and it, rollerblading dissipated because of it in fact you know Nate Harmony pro skater uh-huh. Nate Harmony Yeah. his brother uh, was a rollerblader <clears throat> and they both lived where they're both from where I'm from and I remember hearing about him that he was so good and when he
1: not when, Josh Harmony Josh
0: I'm sorry Josh Nate's his brother my oh, bad okay, Josh Harmony okay. I'm sorry Josh Harmony yeah Josh is the skater mm. my brain but um but I remember hearing about him and how good he was and then then like seeing him in video parts. And I was like, oh my God, he was he was better than good. I mean, I, I remember him like leaving our suburb of Chicago and, and coming out here and becoming, I mean, bigger than big. And his brother, who was actually really good at rollerblading, that just all went away. I mean, it just like quit. Rollerblading got like squashed. But for a long time, it was such a like a... It was becoming its own thing, yeah. And ESPN was putting it on. I mean, like
1: they were oh, to invert. Absolutely. Yeah, that was that was on the forefront. But also, that was that just was more dictated by the sales too. Yeah. You know, so many more people were riding rollerblades because that was the that was like the exercise and the transportation back then. And <laughs> right. and I didn't have a problem with it because because I was in those slow years. Skating was hard to make a living at. You know, the X Games were coming on, sure, but. That wasn't necessarily a steady income. Right. And so I got invited as a special guest to rollerblade shows.
0: So you would so you'd be the I only would be skater. the
1: token skateboarder wow. in the rollerblade shows. And I honestly I, I cruised for at least two different summers, you know, like actually being able to pay my mortgage through doing through rollerblading these, tours. Yeah, not rollerblading tours or it would be one of them was um they did Extreme Wheels live in Santa Rosa. <laughs>
0: the name is so annoying. <coughs> yeah, Extreme and Wheels. So they live.
1: they had Matt Hoffman as a special guest BMXer, sure. yeah. and they had me as a special guest skateboarder. And then we would come out in the middle of the show while they're doing all their dance routines and whatever, right? And skate a vert ramp.
0: Did you ever catch any flack when you
1: were there with those things? Like- no, because this, the skateboarders were hyped. Like the skateboarders yeah. were, they were the they were the myor- minority back then, like mm-hmm. the hardcore skaters. So skaters would come to the show like, holy shit. Tony yes. Hawk and Matt Hoffman are here right. this is awesome and rollerblading was so prolific that it wasn't like they could ignore it or anything and so um, it was interesting and then, and then I got invited to do <laughs> these demos at, at Six Flags parking lots so did you travel um, and doing Six Flags demos? Tra- well we would be out of Six Flags for a week right? doing three demos a day you know with like four rollerbladers one BMXer wow. and me and a hundred bucks a day who, who was the, uh, who was the rollerbladers? Do you remember who the names were? Uh there were these three Australian dudes. Um, yeah, because I, I was gonna say like I, saw, I have a vague memory of like <laughs> they those. weren't they weren't the big names because the big names those guys were they could command a lot of money.
0: They were making way more money. Yeah, and
1: so these guys were were solid dudes, right. you know, from from Australia, and they they were super cool. Like I I still keep in touch with like, a couple of them, but. What do they, they don't rollerblade anymore. Do adults, is there? No, no, one of them, one of them was an actor. Um, one was a snowboarder who ended up being like the Burton rep of all of Australia. That's wild. Yeah.
0: But I mean, that's so funny to think, like, because they, I'm sure everyone, because they
1: could do like basic vert tricks, right? They got jobs. Yeah. Right, right, right. And you
0: toured for how long on a Six Flag parking
1: lot? Uh, Uh, I did a couple stints, um, St. Louis for like two weeks and, I think Dallas for a couple of weeks. Um, I mean, it, it wasn't like it, it wasn't the biggest thing I ever did, but but it it is what I needed to to survive at the time. Totally. Well, we do the same things, you know, like comics. I I did this with P-Rod,
0: too. I said these make all these parallels of kind of like stand up comedy and 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 professional athletes at this level. Like we both have to kind of pay your dues and do these weird tours. And I can't tell you the number of shit shows I've done in the middle of nowhere and stayed in motels and made no yeah. money and. You just you have to grind it out, but I will say those are the best. That's
1: the that's sort of the line of demarcation where are you a professional or not?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You want to be a pro skater? It's not all on your terms, right? It's not just wake up late, skate when you want. People expect you to perform, and you're going to go places that are not the most ideal terrain. Like you feel sick, you know the crowd maybe isn't the nicest, but you got to step up. Yeah, you have to do it. Yeah, you you got to do it, and and you just push through and do your best, you know. Right. Uh, present yourself with integrity, and do it. And and you know, <laughs> it's it's not. I'm not saying like it's a it, the whole thing is a strain, but it can be hard.
0: Right. I think people do that thing where they go, "Your life is so easy. You've done the <clears throat> thing that you love your whole yeah. life. Oh,
1: you guys just smoke weed and wake up late <laughs> <blade> and skate, <laughs> shoot video. Like, no." That's I mean, some people maybe, but some but do. Yeah, I'm sure They don't some. last long.
0: Right. That's the thing. Right. The same thing in our world. <clears throat> it's like oh, doing comedy. How hard is your lifestyle? It's like, what do you mean? It's I have to work yeah. every single day of and my hone life. Own your craft yes. and work on it. Yeah. But for them, it's like they do. There are examples of people who just kind of have waned their way through, and so they go, "This shit is easy. You don't, you don't have to do anything." Yeah. And also, if you're good, you make something look very easy, right? <clears throat> right. Like. Like, like, what do you find? This is, uh, this is a question I wanted to ask you. Like people will say these things, they'll do backhanded compliments. Um, and I, they're trying to be nice, but I want to know like what your, what your least favorite thing that someone compliments you on that's actually backhanded or annoying. Like what's the one for you? Like for us, it'll go, someone will go, you're really funny. Oh, thank you so much. And they'll go, um, do you know, do you know Bill Burr? And they'll bring up like, (sighs) and I'll go, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, yeah, I love him. It's like, Okay, why couldn't you right. just have said I'm funny? It's like when you were on your come up. Was, was there ever uh, that thing where people were like, "Man, I love you," but you know who I really love?
1: Uh, well, it was Christian Osoy, without question. Yeah,
0: you got that all the time.
1: Yeah, in the eighties, well, well the, it was very the, the styles of skating was very divided. Yeah, and it was it was you either. I mean, this was this was very much in the sort of mid to late eighties. People. They loved Christian Ossoy because he was his style or because he went high, right. or they liked me because I did tricks. Because you were smooth. And you had to choose sides. Right. I that mean, was it was very much like that. And so I used to get booed at contests. Like I used to get shit thrown at me when I was skating. Because they by, loved him. Yeah, by like the Christian fans. That's so. Um weird. you know, the Hoy fans. It was hilarious because he and I knew each other and we would actually skate together. Like we appreciated each other's styles. And we both learned techniques from each other but but there was this uh, these divided mentalities and you either you were either with him or with me um and so what fueled that though really like what what could that have been really for uh, there was a it was a bit of both like style versus technique but also it was it was no, the irony is that there was norcal versus socal uh-huh. and everyone was for christian that was norcal but he lived in l.a Right, right, right. So, yeah. but he he skated for all the NorCal companies. Sure, so he skated for Indy and you know he skated for all these Santa Cruz brands. And, sure, um, and so it, and it was like I was like I was Paul Peralta, and I was Tracker, and right. you know I was you were like that just, SoCal
0: demon. So they just had to they just tagged you as this Southern California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, it,
1: it's it's funny in hindsight. Um, it felt like everything back then. It felt like it felt like I had this army against me. Right. Um and christian and I you know we laugh about it now uh but it, it was it was uh, at the same time i had I had super passionate fans right that were hyped on the way I skated, and so i, I you know i wasn't i didn't think I could win everyone right.
0: well, i mean that is the thing right <laughs> they always say like if you're if if everybody likes you you 're probably not that good, yeah like yeah. if everyone loves you it 's like you're going to have you know you're gonna have that backlash it's the same thing with us it's like not every fan is gonna like your shit or like what you're putting out you just have to kind of keep going and find the ones that you do love you know um what you meant you mentioned something that i, I want to say like you said there was like kind of like the receivability of of what happened with skating do you think it's because vert guys kind of come off a little bit more there's something about vert guys versus street guys if vert guys kind of come off more like clean and well to do and it's, it's a, there's something there's, um, the edge is a little bit softer on vert guys than sometimes you see you know these videos and street guys that they're, they're so raw and they show just like filthy sides of them in these videos and I think vert guys always got pushed to at least my generation as like just I mean like very clean cut kind of I think
1: that's just more generational because the the, the vert crew that you were watching mm-hmm. were kind of on their their tail end of their careers for the most part right and their only way to make a living was by competing. Right. Y- you couldn't be of what we know now as a video skater, as if you skated vert. Yeah, it didn't. You exist. had to go compete, or you had to do these demos. You had you had to play the game, and it was really difficult to make a living that way. And so they didn't get the same type of recognition or respect or um, or coverage that street guys did, who were out and about and, and pushing limits and, and skating on everything and anything. Sure. Because just wasn't that accessible. So I understand how you saw it. Yeah. um, But but I think that you're probably seeing these guys who were on the tail end of trying to make a career at it. And you couldn't be some punk kid. Right. It just didn't work that way. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Flipping people off and and smoking cigarettes up on the deck because no one's going to hire you.
0: But that's funny though, right? Because that kind of became the norm of street teams was... The more raucous they were, the more well they were received. Kind of, right?
1: I think that was just a symbol of of where street skating came from, and it came from, it came from people doing it themselves and, and right. creating, making the urban landscape their skate park, and through that, being considered outlaws because they're skating handrails and they're skating, right, picnic benches and they're and they're skating in public spaces, and, and um, that's you know that that was definitely the vibe of skating through the 90s yeah. of, of what people considered skating. And then it wasn't until, I, I, I think, the late 90s, early 2000s when suddenly skating was everywhere and parents were encouraging the kids to do it and it was on TV and it was, it was celebrated and there were skate parks. Like The skate parks really changed everything.
0: Yeah, they're ev- and
1: now they're everywhere.
0: I right. mean, we, we just talked about um, I had rented a Tesla to go to Mammoth uh and Lone we, Pine yeah and Lone Pine has a skate park yeah right by the charging yeah station. we our,
1: our foundation helped with that one that's
0: incredible like I'm I was literally I'm charging up and I was like I'm just gonna go take a walk or get something to eat or drink and I'm on the I was on the phone with someone and I was like you won't believe this there is a skate park yeah. right here in this little tiny and Bishop and Mammoth Bishop yeah there's yeah. one in Bishop too yeah so you did you help with all those uh with Mammoth and with Lone Pine yeah that's awesome Your your foundation is the one that kind of...
1: Yeah, our foundation helps with uh,
0: public skate parks in low-income areas. That's incredible. Yeah, because I saw it. I was like, this is so... Because I I guess when I was a kid, there was a couple of skate parks around, but man, they were really shit, and I see them today... And they're so nice, and they're so well done, and a lot of concrete, and you know, they used to be kind of those old. Um
1: well, it, what it, what happened was, and and this is a big reason why I started the foundation was was that if a city decided they were going to do a skate park, it was usually a more affluent city who had the budget for it, sure, and thought that they were being hip and right. cool for, for, for the, the kids, kids. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then they would get bids from uh, sidewalk contractors who claimed they knew how to build skate parks, right, but didn't, of course, they not. just knew how to pour concrete. And they would design these parks based on, I don't know, 720 video game. Like, I don't know where they got their ideas. I, I skated a park. Um, I skated a park in the early two thousands, right outside of Chicago, Illinois, I got invited to the grand open. I got paid to go there, which should have been my first warning sign. Right. And, um, and they said, uh, do you want to see the park? I got there the night before we were supposed to do the grand opening. They said, "Do you want to skate the park before no one's actually been able to skate it yet?" I said, "Yeah, sure." So I went with all these city council members, you know, all these old white dudes, yeah. and they're <laughs> who've they're never the skateboarded fence, in never their skateboarded. life. Yeah. And they're all on the fence watching me, and they have they literally have headlights of the cars to get give me light. Show you light, yeah. And everything was designed wrong. I mean, the the ledges were this high so you couldn't even really board slide them without hitting your wheels wheels <laughs> um, there was <clears throat> there was a set of stairs that went to a wall it ended at a wall yeah like a wall just genius just, you know eight feet up front of it I don't know what. perfect that's exactly I guess they what we thought you the stairs were literally just for walking up yeah <laughs> um and uh and I tried to skate it and then I came out and and they're all very excited and they said uh what do you think what do you think and I said uh, it's terrible it's it's, <laughs> it has no flow. Drug. Like right. It doesn't, it, you know, it's, it's probably not as good as a local street spot. And they said, yeah, that's what all the kids were saying when we were building it. But we told him, wait till Tony Hawk gets here and he'll show you how to ride it. <laughs> yeah, wait till Tony Tony Hawk is going to come
0: shit on us. Not you kids. He'll come shit on us. Yeah. Did and, they but, feel but, it? Did they understand that that it was not, that it
1: was kind of a they bummer? They kind of didn't, uh, they were still thought yeah. they they really were doing something cool. Totally. And progressive. But but that was the moment when i realized that i had a voice and i could affect change if i if i really pushed at it and tried to bridge that gap between the city council people that that i can talk to right. and the kids that actually want need these spaces and so i didn't know what i was doing but i knew i had to do something and that's when i started the foundation that's awesome um but but more so i wanted to uh, more so, I wanted to direct the funds to more low-income areas, not just the upper... Right,
0: the upper... Well, the, 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 more, the upper cross neighborhoods the, yeah, so can that, afford Yeah, the it.
1: suburbs of Chicago. I was looking right. for something that, that would be where kids really are challenged. Um, right. And we've been doing it 17 years now. Wow. How many, um, how many have you built? We've helped to fund over 600.
0: 600 parks. Yep. Is, there, do you, is there like a link on your website or something like that? Do you, or a website that you can find all the parks that you guys have done? Oh,
1: yeah. Tony Hawk yeah. Foundation we've in done your- we've done them in every state and uh, we have a partnership with uh, Ralph C Wilson Foundation um, to do uh, specific projects in the Midwest um, mostly in Michigan my wife's from Detroit so um, that is close to our heart too God
0: I do, that makes me I just I just watched that Flint documentary uh, uh, Flint town did you watch that no I watch remember the, the Michael Moore one no, no 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 this just came out on Netflix it's oh. about uh, the Flint Police Department. If, if anybody hasn't seen this, oh my god, it's it's the most tragic. I mean, Flint is in such dire straits and yeah. they show what the police department has to go through in a in a town where there's, there's no, so there's much no job opportunity. There's no, there's nothing. Yeah. There's such a we, lack of We everything. went
1: I remember uh on a birdhouse tour in the in the nineties when we were literally skating in parking lots of, of skate <laughs> six, shops. Of six flags and skate no, shops. No, 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 oh, oh, like skating that. in parking lots of skate shops, begging them for money for food and a hotel so we could get to the next city. Damn. Um, but we stopped in Flint on our way up to, um, Chicago. Would Flint be on the way to Chicago? I don't know. Down, 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 down. Yeah, but we were going, we were heading up, so.
0: From Chicago up to Flint. Flint's up north. Michigan's north. Oh,
1: then we were going to Detroit. Okay,
0: yeah. Is that right? Yeah, that could be. Sorry,
1: everyone from the Midwest. We're not map people anymore. I don't, I just, I was just driving. We didn't, I didn't have I I didn't have a phone now. Yeah. I had, I had uh, Thomas man. I was going to say Thomas
0: guys. Yeah, phone didn't Thomas exist, guy. man.
1: Um, so anyway, I remember we stopped in Flint to get some street footage and it was the only place that we went to where we didn't kicked out of anywhere. Yeah. They didn't care. They were like, go ahead. They did not care. Actually, yeah. I think they were more concerned for our safety from the locals. Right. They're like, why are you here? They're yeah, like, what are you guys doing? That was
0: like, I'll never forget. I was running. That just reminded me. I was running in Tampa one day when I was doing shows. And I was just running and running and I put on headphones and I run. I kind of just disappear and I, you know, whatever. I don't know where I'm, I figured it all out. And this woman is waving me down. And I like take off my headphones. She looks really concerned. Yeah. And she like waves me over and I run across the street. I'm like, are you okay? And she goes, are you okay? And I was like, I'm, I'm totally fine. I'm like looking at myself. She goes, what the fuck are you doing in this neighborhood? And I was <laughs> yeah. like, Oh, I am I not? And she's like, get out of here now. I was yeah. like, in like the worst part of Tampa. And so of course I start running back. And she's like, Go, get, gone. But I could tell you know, you could you could tell the look on someone's face when you're in a neighborhood you're not
1: supposed to be in when they're like, Why are oh, you yeah. what do you what are so you So basically in the early nineties, all the skate parks were in those neighborhoods. The worst neighborhoods. Including yeah. Tampa. Right, right, yeah. right. Well I mean Tampa's
0: an interesting place. There's a lot of some Tampa people that'll watch and be like, "What's, what's your problem?" No, no,
1: but but Tampa skate park, like it was yeah. it was notorious for they had all kinds of problems just from locals or from crime around yeah. the area. Just
0: crime ridden, yeah. So um, it just makes it. worse I remember and worse. I had
1: the same. I had a similar experience like that in in the late '80s. We went through uh, New York. On tour, but but we didn't actually have a demo in New York in Manhattan. Right, and we just wanted to go into the city and buy CBGB shirts. Like that right. was that was the goal. And so we parked our tour van, which was a piece of shit right. anyway. Like people have written graffiti on it and stuff. We parked the van and we're walking to CBGBs, and these cops stop a stop, and they're like, "What are you guys doing? To, want to, get out of town! <laughs> like everyone out. knows you're here. We weren't we we're recognizable. They just knew that we were like these." white dudes yeah these young belong. white skater bros yeah, yeah like they're like get in your van and get out of here <laughs> and so i think we ended up parking somewhere else ran to CBGBs, has got sure and, and then ran home yeah, yeah. i mean so, that was the, the new york is a different city now oh my god
0: manhattan now i don't it's just so I mean, nice. Times so nice square
1: was frightening back then
0: it's well for the longest time from what i what i've heard in the past of, of manhattan you hear all these like Terrible, terrible stories of like you know the the Lower East Side being so dangerous and yeah the the you know the East Village now you anybody goes to Manhattan
1: you can visit any part of Manhattan and feel so safe and it's like unbelievable yeah for sure well I mean it's, it's funny though that Lower East said I mean I just I just interviewed Mike D actually for for my serious show and uh, hearing his stories about Lower East Side in the eighties are f- fantastic yeah because he was in it and right. and he was he was part of the movement and so if you could have been on that side of the coin. It would have been amazing. Sure. Yeah. Because he watched the revolution kind of go
0: down. Yeah. Oh you know? yeah. 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 But now you just go down there and you're like, look at this nice. This nice I know. It's like, nice.
1: Eight million dollar like, b- building. Here's a new gastro gastro pub. Yeah.
0: Um. I want to ask you. Current. We don't have to stick to skate stuff. Although I'm 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 super I'm super interested in all that world. But like you you have a plethora of children who who uh, many of them skate. Obviously you have all of them. Yeah. Professional. Your son's a professional. One of them's professional. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And. Uh, a buddy and I were talking that you threw up a video teaching your daughter. Oh yeah, uh, that was a couple
1: weeks ago. Yeah, and
0: pe- and it, people went nuts on the
1: internet. It was for crazy. It. Yeah, I I didn't realize how much that would resonate because you're active online. Like you're you're super active
0: online. I see you you post a ton of stuff about skating or with the family and all that stuff. And it and it's and it's awesome to see the window into that world of what that's like. Because I think I think people don't people I, I think people kind of dehumanize pro athletes at some point. That you're like sure. they're not
1: people. Like well, also because they're so they're they're so structured with what they put out, it, it's all very controlled. Totally, yeah. The machine, very, and yeah, yeah. And there's a machine, and I've always done my own social media, and yeah. I've always tried to keep it interesting and real. And you know, this is this is what we're dealing with here. You know, right, right.
0: And <laughs> um, you and and you putting up your daughter was it? Did, did she? Like, is it something you consciously thought about before
1: you threw it up? Or So you like, nah. the way that that unfolded, it's funny because I actually talked about this to her the other day. The way that unfolded was um, I promised her she'd go get her favorite food if she dropped in. Like, I, it wasn't that I was trying to bribe her. It was just that she was hesitant for so long. I was like, sure. uh, I was like, well, you know, what, what would you want to do, Katie? She goes, I want I want to go to Panera and get chicken noodle soup. Or I, I, let's do it right after you, right after you do it. And then she right. was hesitant. And finally, I said, I said, Katie, I know that you want to do it. And I know how disappointed you're going to be if you don't. Right. If we leave here and you don't do it. And that was what shifted her Triggered whole, her mind. Yeah. I triggered yeah. it. But so so that was it. She did it. And then we went to Panera so she could get her chicken noodle soup. <laughs> and while we were waiting for the soup, I just took the last minute of the footage and was like, oh, this would be cool. Like people get to see it, you know, because it, it feels like she really overcame that. Sure. Um, And then the next morning it's on news sites. It's exploded. Yeah. 14 million views on Twitter. And it was, I was like, what happened? (laughs) Yeah. And also had I, I mean, of course I would never have known that that would have happened, but had I known I would have, I would have put a little edit together of her first attempts. Cause she she fell once like significantly and overcame it. And then the other time she like jumped off right as she was going in, and, right and like all that building up to it would have been a better video segment. But then at the same time, it would have been more structured, and it would have been right. I think the rawness of it was why yeah. it, it was just it.
0: It is what it is. That's why people liked it. Yeah,
1: but but I you know I don't want to go on about it. But it, but it was unexpected. Yeah, and um, Katie actually voiced some concern the other day because she's like. I don't know if you should be putting up all my footage. And I said, Katie, I'll do whatever you're comfortable with. I'm just, you know, I really put that up there for for our friends and family and people know you because I know how excited they'd be to see you do that. Right. And uh, she's like, yeah, yeah. And, and then um, she, it was more her concern was like creeps. Yeah. Well, there's the internet and is, there are is plenty creeps. Of creeps. Yes. And I said, Katie, don't worry. I'm, we're not ever, I'm never telling where you are. Right. Like where you go to school. No. You know where we live. Not None hot. of those things are no, out there. All those details are <clears throat> hidden. All they know is that you were in the warehouse, dropping in. Sure. Yeah. And so that you, eased her fears. But she's right though. That is funny though. You don't. I mean, like, look. We're, yeah. I, and I'm, yeah. But that's that's probably on me. I've instilled that in her a few times. That what? That be careful of just, creeps. Yeah. Just. You <laughs> know, that's a
0: pretty good thing to instill you in your children. But
1: but you know what I mean? Like you can't you can't go into the gory details of why. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, Katie, just don't don't give your you know. Your Instagram name out right things like that people
0: are gross yeah
1: it yeah, turns some, out people some, are pretty gross there's yeah, some there's gross some people. With bad, <laughs> in, bad intentions that's what I tell I go, there are people with bad intentions and, yeah. and we can avoid
0: them well we just moved and you know of course like the first thing we you know my wife gets on Megan's law or what you know and that oh yeah the, oh, that. And, is, and it's and it's <coughs> don't and my suggestion is don't ever do it ever. Yeah, ever, I don't, ever no, please I my god because every time you're going to be like you're in the orbit. Oh, dude! It's like four blocks away. It's like a pan. It's like a full-on panic. Yeah. But you just you have to like get that stuff out of your head. But you just have, I mean that's a part of the. That's I,
1: I it's guess that's, part of parenting in the modern world of social media. Yeah, and it's super weird because you know, maybe you haven't told them the facts of life yet, mm. but at the same time you got to be like, watch out for weirdos. It's all. A, it's a balance. So it's for, a balance, for yeah. and for you, for you, I guess that's a, a great. Well, next. that's the other thing is is so. I told her. I said, "Look, I'm only doing it if you you're comfortable with it. I'm right. not. You know, you're you're not like you're not my meal ticket. I'm not trying to put you out there. <laughs> like on my stage, kid. mom. Yeah, yeah. like I, I do it if you're if you like it. If you want me to share it, I'll do it. If right. you don't want to share it, it's right, fine. right, right, right. Now yeah. you, but but it
0: was, which is funny because like you, did you always secretly hope that your kids would skate? Like Riley, like Riley being you know. I like, guess
1: it's just because Riley grew up at a time when. I was struggling to make a living skating. And so I was doing it every chance I could get at every opportunity. Yeah. And we didn't have money for childcare. And so he would just come with me. So he was just surrounded by it. He was just like immersed in it. Right. To the point where it wasn't even really a choice. He just picked up a skateboard. Like he was just around it and it was available to him and, and he skated. And It so, became
0: like just, a, just the, th- <clears throat> the normal thing to do.
1: It was absolutely the normal thing. And then right. at some point as things as he got older and and better and then people started having these expectations or putting expectations on him that's when he sort of realized oh am, do i do this seriously right you know is, is this a thing and and he has a really good take on it all my other kids skate for fun but none of them were trying to make a career out of it sure um but they're all accomplished like they all can do pretty sick tricks
0: but, he, but, you know, he, it's but he's it's super fun. A new like, and level. so, we
1: asked me if if I hope. Absolutely, I hoped it, and and I never pushed any of them into it. The the cool thing about this generation is that all the kids dabble in skating at the very least, yeah. Or they have tried it, right? In my generation, like you, either skated and that's all you did, or you. you didn't understand it and didn't want to do it at all. Right, it was like when when like when I'm a kid when I was a kid, I basketball was my the
0: other thing I, I like loved and beating my dad at basketball. That moment was like oh, it's like the, that was like the greatest. Yeah. Was there was there a moment? Oh with you yeah, and Riley. With where was Riley.
1: Like, yeah, I remember. I remember we were uh, we were skating <clears throat> this little this little sort of bank to ledge, and he said, Dad, can you do um frontside kickflip to tail slide? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, Riley, I am honored you would ask me that. There's no fucking way I could do that. No. Like, not a chance. No. And he's like, really? I go, yeah, I can barely do frontside kickflips. And then, of course, you know, the next day he learns it. Because he knows that you can't do no, it? No, he was asking for advice on Oh, right, right, right. He wanted right. to learn it. Right. But he was like, how do I do it? I was like, I don't know. Dude, you probably got all the parts of it. Right. Just go for it.
0: So that, do you think those are, those are those moments that you think also in his mind that he's like, oh shit, I'm, I'm legit. I, I
1: you know, like that. I can yeah, also, I think, I think those, that validation came from his peers, not sure. from me. Right. That validation came when, that validation for him came when Andrew Reynolds asked him to be on Baker. Right. That's, That's when huge. Everything changed for him where it was like, oh, I'm not just here because of nepotism. Right. I'm here because someone recognizes my skill and. Andrew doesn't want any part of some kid just riding on his name. Did, did he feel like there was a, th- this kind of, did he feel like there was talk of it being like, oh,
0: you're, you're only making it because Tony's your dad.
1: Uh, I think that he, he heard that he just did a big interview on nine club about this very subject. But, um, I think he heard people saying that, but he never really took it to heart. Yeah. Because you can't, he already had his friends. He had his crew, he, yeah. you know, people and, and people knew he was really good for his age.
0: Well, the cream rises. My, that's my only opinion. Like, whenever someone says they got in only because X, Y, Z, it's like, sure. And then at some point, it just won't work if it doesn't work, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you can say whatever you want. Yeah. You can, you
1: just because just because someone got free gear and had access to some skate facilities, that doesn't make them great. Of course not. Or right? I give them the motivation. Of or, or the or to have them persevere.
0: Right. And that's a. I mean, that's a symptom in our, in our business too. Like we hear it all the time of like, oh, you know who his uncle is, or you know who. The, it's like, let me tell you something. Regardless of those facts, He might have
1: got his foot in the door. Sure, but you got. But you, you, ha, you have to, have to deliver along. at some point,
0: point. Yeah. and we've seen it. I'm not going to mention names, but like I know people that get into things, and you're like, yeah, they suck, and that's why they're not around anymore. Like yeah. they got yeah. something, but they just <laughs> yes. weren't. They, they couldn't complete the thing. So, but no, I. I but I, I was always curious about that dynamic because I imagine that's you know it is kind of a little weird to follow in your dad's footsteps, but to make your own brand and to be your own thing. I think that's a that's a even harder, right? That's even harder that's than way harder, way sure. harder, right? Yeah. That's because to, to be to your carve own out entity. your own path,
1: yeah, and to, right. to get out from what would be my shadow um, is something that it, it, I, I can't imagine. I can't yeah. imagine having having done that as a kid. Right, I was just trying to have anyone recognize me as a skater. I would have right. copied anyone if, if I thought it would have worked. Right, if it was going to work. But I couldn't. Like, I didn't have, I didn't didn't have the exist. chops. Yeah. Let me... I want
0: to ask you one thing that's on my mind that makes me laugh. Every time I I think of Tony Hawk Pro Skater, I can't not hear that Goldfinger sound. <laughs> yeah. it, it, dude, yeah. I, it, it, I can't not hear it. It's so yeah. embedded in my brain for the rest of my life. You didn't have any... You didn't have any fingers on on picking those songs, did you? I, absolutely, yeah. You did so not. You did. Not
1: the the newer bands, which I would sure. They're not new now, but but in for instance, Goldfinger or Mill and Colin. right? That was all sort of the music department reaching out to try to get newer punk type of music, but for the old school stuff, Primus, Dead Kennedys, right. Um, Ramones you know all that stuff that was definitely my input. that was all you yeah because I would just give them I would just give them a list of of songs and bands that I grew up listening to at skate parks or that I heard at skate parks right um X black flag you know all that stuff circle jerks like that so that was my input and and I always thought oh it's gonna be super cool that we get to hear have the soundtrack of skating I never imagined that people would appreciate it oh my god
0: it's it's almost like uh the way that movie soundtracks used to be bought on cd like people be like, oh my god, I love that soundtrack of right. that film. That was the soundtracks to those games
1: were just yeah, as I dominant. Mean, that, that went so big at the time that we actually got to do a soundtrack CD. Yeah, it's yeah. So it's we incredible. had new bands cover old punk songs, and it was like a bestseller. I, I went on, I went on a CD release tour.
0: <laughs> for, for and you didn't make any of the music. That's the best part. Yeah, it was <laughs> crazy. You curated. It was, well, it you're was, a, you're a, you're crazy, a curator.
1: It's funny you say that. So. um, I, when does this air anyway? Uh, in a week. Oh, okay. One so, week. um, I'm working on a, a big concert fundraiser for our foundation because okay. as of this year, it's been 20 years since the release of the first video game. Yes. And, uh, so my idea was to have this fundraiser and invite a bunch of bands that, that are associated with the game. Sure. Um, that got to be much more complicated than I imagined it to be, mm-hmm. but I did get a confirmation from bad religion. To they, play, oh, so they're gonna play. So Bad Religion is headlining. Awesome, and um, we have uh, this band from Australia who ha- was just kept hitting me up on Twitter. They're they're a cover band of only songs from our game. What
0: what's the they're band called? Name?
1: Birdman THPS. That's amazing. And they kept like every time they'd have a concert, they'd be tagging me and stuff. You know, sure. And so I actually went and listened to a couple of tracks. I was like, these guys, these guys have it. Like they they play the hits. Right, You know, they play Ace of Spades and they play Gorilla Radio <laughs> yes. and they, they play um, Superman, Goldfinger right, right. and um, Mill and Colin, No Cigar and, and all those, you know, Primus and everything. And, right. and then I started thinking like, you know what, I should just invite those guys to open up for Bad Religion. Because those are the songs people want to hear. <laughs> totally. It is, so that's, that's
0: what's happening. So they're going to open up.
1: They're going to open up for Bad Religion. And when yeah. is this? T- uh, it's June 9th. Uh, it'll be in San Diego. It hasn't been announced yet, but it's happening. That's awesome, dude. Yeah,
0: and bad religion. Bad Re- so bad religion is going to play a full set
1: of bad religion. Will play their own set. Okay, their own set. And yeah. then this other band will play, play all, all the songs. hits from THPS series. Wow, that's fucking awesome. It's pretty cool. That yeah. is so um, cool. I'm really excited about. <laughs> that it. That
0: is so cool to see that kind of come together after all this time. Is kind of one of those things where, like, well, did you- we we
1: have this window of opportunity with the 20 year release. Sure, I'm no longer with Activision, but I feel like they're probably. Um, You know they probably have enough reverence for the for the series that I hope they want to support it. I I would imagine that conversation either. So do they exist? I'm so ignorant. Oh yeah, yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah. I don't. I don't even know anymore. I don't know who makes games. Call of Duty.
0: Well, see, all I know is the names of games. I don't like. I feel like Activision was such a. When I was playing video games when I was younger, I heard it all the time and saw it all the time, but now all all. Everything that I know about video games is just name is the name of them. Like all sure. I know is that. But yeah. Activision was kind of like synonymous with everything. Every game I heard of, I heard
1: Activision as the company. Yeah, they kind of promoted it's a themselves weird time heavily. For video games. There's only a few titles that really continue on. Yeah, that really keep going. Like that. Yeah. yeah so. Did you
0: feel like that was going to be influential or no?
1: Our game. Yeah. I I thought that our game would influence skaters to buy PlayStations. Really? I mean, that for me that was the mark of success. Right. That if I got some some kid that loves skating to buy a PlayStation to to see it and recognize the authenticity of it and, and the fun aspects like, oh, I'm going to go play that. Then I was like, oh, that's my job is done. That's fun. and then what happened was it inspired this whole new generation of people to try skating. Yeah, that was and, that, and that and was to cool. understand it. I think it ta- I think it helped a lot of people that I
0: knew that wanted to skate more because of it. You know, like because you yeah, were yeah, like, yeah, it just sure. got you in this this. this mode. No, there,
1: well, there's sort of these. The, there's there's been a few uh, milestones in skating that that started people skating. Mm-hmm. And, and for instance, in my day, um, shoot, in my day, I don't, I can't even think of what the, the inspiration was. It was it was actually just seeing my brother because he was a surfer, right? And and like surfing down the street, and that's what inspired me to want to try it. But uh, Back to the Future. Right, that, started, started, that was a huge. A whole generation of kids in the 80s. I mean, right. there are veteran pros these days that started skating because of that movie. Oh, yeah, that's so funny. Um, and then... Because he uh, rips off that pole off that kid's scooter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then um, our video game. Yeah. Um, and some for some people, it's the X Games.
0: It's got. I think the video game was, was super influential. I think it just made people feel like they could skate. It also probably broke a lot of kids' ankles, by the way. Maybe. People were like, could I do five yeah. tricks in a row like this? <laughs> <laughs> you know
1: what's weird is they can now
0: yeah I mean that's what's even more insane the more I watch there's a few people that I follow on Instagram oh
1: if you look yeah you watch like Shane O'Neill
0: Shane O'Neill he's a do you know Ellis Frost do you know who that is Is I think that's his name
1: Ellis Ellis Frost Frost?
0: is that his name he's a young guy I have to look him up I'll show you okay I'll correct it if it's wrong but he does he does stuff that I, I just can't I can't wrap my head around like it's 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 absurd it's a, a lot of late flips a ton of late flips. Oh, okay yeah you know yeah coming off of stuff where you're like ha, ha. it's right, not ground that, tricks that's all
1: that stuff was like the combos that we would do on the game that we were like ah this is not this isn't even real no one could do this no one could do this yeah, yeah. and now <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's what's happening
0: yeah. yeah that that stuff blows my mind yes i watch shan o'neill in his backyard at his yeah uh, his little whatever he's got set up at his house and i watch who him. also does
1: a lot of thps stuff is uh, uh, anthony anderson I don't know who that is. You'll, you'll look it up, Anthony see, Anderson. Yeah.
0: yeah, I was gonna say there's an actor named Anthony Anderson, the black dude from Blackish, the big, the bleak. Oh, okay, the, yeah. yeah he, he's. Yeah. I think that's but this guy it too. does like he does. You just made
1: me think if he's doing tricks like that, lip slide, Smith grind, all impossible out, like crazy. That
0: see that kind of stuff. It it's it becomes a new level of of like well where does this go next? Like that's that's the creepiest part. It's like what is next? Because I remember thinking everything in that game was such a hyperbole. It was like, you can't, this is, this will never be. But like, I guess the continuation of it, things are getting bigger. The more stuff I watch, and I, I still love the skating world because it's just something I've always, I just have always loved it. I've, I've never gotten away from it. Mm-hmm. I, I was terrible at skateboarding. I just loved it. And then I've just kept up with it because I just always I know, something I, know I love. I know
1: quite a few people like that, 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 that they, still, they, they still appreciate it. Oh, I it. love they it. Still, they still look for new stuff. All the time. But they don't do it. Um.
0: No, I mean, I, could, I couldn't I could anymore. It's just I, I mean, transportation maybe. But no, I yeah. just I just enjoy appreciating the world from afar because it's just like anything else. Pro sports that you watch, it's like the fat guy on his couch, he can't play fucking football, but he loves yeah. football. But right. skateboarding just did this thing for my childhood that was like so important that now when I find new guys doing shit like that where I'm like, I get obsessed.
1: And I get in wormholes, I watch them for hours and hours and yeah, hours because yeah. yeah.
0: I can't believe that, the, you know, the dedication and the, you know. Yeah. So
1: on the flip side of that, especially when you were talking about like Shane O'Neill, who's you know probably headed to the Olympics and representing yeah. Australia, and you know could definitely <clears throat> be the world champion, yeah, um, and wild. has been. Uh, so when when I talk about vert skating, which is you know more my wheelhouse, obviously, and there are a few guys skating vert now that are just like pushing it to limits we never imagined. That skate, you know. They skate like they're naturals. They do stuff that looks magical, right? And they can't make any money
0: because there's no no market for There's just for them. no. There's
1: no. There's no vert events. No one's giving you. No one's even sponsoring vert skaters, wow. let alone giving them models. Um, and it's so crazy. I like. I did a demo. So I, I have obviously this. Uh, I'm lucky because I live in a different sort of world of promotion. Right. In a lot of ways, I do a lot of speaking gigs. And so sometimes when I do a speaking gig, I can upsell them with a vert demo. Yeah, yes. <laughs> like if it's a really big budget type of thing. You're like we And did. Yeah, we did a couple weeks ago in Salt Lake City at the Qualtrics event. They had they had Obama speaking, they had Oprah speaking. And did Obama hired, do Vert? <laughs> no, but they <laughs> hired me to be one of the speakers. Right. And then I was like, Hey, by the way, I have a whole turnkey demo ramp set up. And they said, Great, we'll put that we'll put that at our um our our party at the end of the weekend. Oh, well, that's cool. And so we got to do that, and so I hired a crew of, of skaters, Bucky Lastic, Andy McDonald, awesome, Lizzie Armato, awesome, you know, awesome. all people who, oh, have, yeah. who have been doing it, but there's this one guy, Paul Luke Ronchetti, and, and I tell the story just because I think he's one of the best vert skaters out there, and he does some tricks that I never imagined were possible on vert, and he, he does them eight feet out, wow. and he's amazing to watch, and I asked him if he would do the demo, and he had to go ask for time off his 9-to-5 job, just to come do the demo. To come do the demo for about four thousand people. Wow. That are you know amazed by him and want his autograph and want photos, and then the next day go back to his line nine to five. It's such a weird paradox to live in. What
0: would be what, in your opinion, would be the thing that might help get Vert back into the skate world? Do you, It's not dead forever.
1: I mean, I, not, I don't I think, think anything's dead, right? No, I think that the, the the it's weird that the the whole park movement, the park series. Even the park event, like the park discipline is going to be in the Olympics, but like the Vans Park Series, that combines vert with a little bit of street element. Mm -hmm. But the thing is is that it's a relatively small vert, and so it's pretty limiting to what kind of tricks and spins you can do on it because you just can't get the airtime. So I feel like that's a good springboard for people to understand how truly difficult vert skating and to appreciate what the newer vert skaters can do. Right. So I think there's still hope for them. But right now in this window, it's just really hard. It's well, like my, my best example is we see, the, you know, these, these, uh, competitions like Vans Park, Bondi Bowl, whatever. Right. And no one does seven twenties. Like 720 is, is an upper echelon vertical trick. Mm-hmm. And only a handful of guys can do it. Maybe a dozen. But, and, and that's something that you need to be competitive in a, as a vert skater. And there's no, there's no skater or there's no thing big enough in these park series to even do that trick.
0: So, yeah, the, 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 the verts so, themselves aren't set up to even try it. Yeah,
1: so, so people are winning these big events with basic vert tricks. I guess that's my, that's my curmudgeon gripe yeah. of it all. <laughs> that's you know your, what I mean? the old man shaking like, the fist. Yeah, it's like. We used
0: to 900 yeah, when that's I was it. like right, Okay, yeah. the
1: guy did a McTwist. A frontside blunt, a Smith grind. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then he spent all this time getting from point A to point B. And and as I appreciate the the difficulty of that, right. But at the same time, I'm like, but if he just had a vert event, those tricks wouldn't even make the finals. Right. It wouldn't even. Yeah. It would be nothing. It Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be nothing, but it would. It would be like. All right. Well, those are, that's, that's a good start. <laughs> right. Know, What's next. We need to right. move up. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's, like I said, it's just a strange time for that. But at the same time, I think that with those, those park series and the accessibility of all the parks now and, and with how prolific they are, that people will start to maybe build more vert ramps or, or bigger transitions. Right to see these more difficult moves being done.
0: Well, I mean, imagine, like, I think, you know... But, I mean, we're
1: getting super nerdy into the skate. So what? That's what we're now. doing. Yeah. Okay. And if they don't <laughs> like it, too too bad. That's how I feel. And plenty no. of my friends have heard me talk about this. So yeah, but, I mean, I, th- I feel
0: like, the, you know, like, I think, you know, my, my range of fans is a lot of comedy f- nerds, a lot of... They just like intricate talks about something that's very specific. So I feel like the meta world is cool for people to listen because most people don't know about any of this stuff, you know? Right. And I, and I feel like... It's um, like
1: this. It's like we're, we're not going to see a 900 in the Olympics. Do you think, but well, you'll it's not going to happen because the, the, the transitions just aren't big enough for that. It just can't happen is what you're saying. Yeah. I, I mean, it would, it would be very unlikely. Let's put it that way. Right. Right. Um, Hi, highly unlikely. And yeah. And, and at a vert contest, maybe the top two or three guys could do it. Could do it. Yeah. yeah. How many years did it take you to, to really get it down? Oh, it took a 10, like 10 years of attempts. God, really. that's insane. Yeah. Was it
0: because, is it, is it fear as, as, as much as it is in the beginning? It's fear. For sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because I didn't want to commit to spinning all the way around. Right. And then once I started committing to the spin, then I started committing to the landing. And then when I started committing to the landing, I broke my rib and got knocked out. And fun,
0: fun. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah.
1: You know, got, I got a bunch of injuries. And then when I finally figured out how to not lean so far forward as I was landing, that was that was it. That's what right. It
0: was like, and I, it was I, I, I know much you've much been time. asked before about it, but I every time I every time I've ever watched the video of you doing that, uh, uh, you know that that like that all the way pipe that you had to like basically flip oh, upside lid. down the yeah, loop. Yeah, yeah every time, that gives me the most anxiety of anything on the earth. That, that makes me is, I mean, It makes me like nauseous. That to is watch.
1: the the most. It's funny because it is the most frightening, one of the most dangerous, but actually easiest things to do.
0: Because you just have to
1: keep going and you're good,
0: right? You just have That's to keep, it. You yeah. have
1: to, because people approach it as a trick. Right. And so they, they go at it and they think they're going to do a backflip and they just don't position their body. And, and what it is, is a carve. Right. And you just have to keep pressure on your board through those transitions. You never really know when you're completely upside down.
0: You don't really feel, I mean, you wouldn't know because there's so much really momentum, right? If,
1: if you're in the right position, your body's just holding strong all the way through and then you see the flat bottom come around and then you straighten out, and that like that's all it takes. Right. But but it's way more it's complex so than that. It's so frightening, and and you know people have, myself included, people have suffered the consequences so hard oh. that it's just frightening. You know, people are just like, there's no way, I'm not doing it. It just the, the looking at it scares me. If anybody hasn't seen it, you should
0: look it up on but, YouTube. But the
1: thing about it is, it's funny with the loop. The people who have done it are those who have been obsessed by it. Right. Like it's so, something to conquer. Yeah. Like I I saw someone trying it in, in a skate magazine in 1979 1980 and uh, this guy Dwayne Peters and he fell from the top and broke his collarbone and that stuck with me not because he got hurt but because I was like that it's gotta be possible and there were there were shots of him like coming around almost all the way around so you knew that that physically it could happen right Um, and so I always had that with me when I finally had the opportunity to, to have one built it was I was all in have you ever had a moment that like like say like when you when
0: you land a 900 have you ever had a moment in your career when you think I don't know if it gets higher than this or if I don't know if it gets better than this um, like to give you time to think about it I'll just yeah. say for me like there's been a few things in my career where not like I'm saying this is the pinnacle uh, because I feel like I and I hope I have a long long way to go but there are these moments that I'm like fuck I don't know am I, I hope I feel this again and I don't know when it is that I'm
1: going to feel that feeling again but do you have that, or have you had that? Um, I it, Well, I definitely still have it in in small ways with learning new tricks. Even at my age, like I, I still do create some new tricks. They're not high impact. They're not anything that the general public is going to understand. Sure. But I get that feeling of accomplishment and right. and um, self empowerment doing it. So that's the feeling I'm always kind of striving for. Right. But for sure. When in 1999, when I really had already told myself that was going to be my last year of competition, like I didn't really care what was going to come next, but I had competed for 20 years. I had a young family. I had to make a change, like sure. something had to give. And, and I was just competing all the time. And so to have that in the back of my mind and then to have that moment of, of actually finally making a 900 in a public venue, which yeah. you know, every time I tried 900, it was just me on a vert ramp with a dude with the camera. Right, that right. was it. Right. Um, there were a couple of best trick events where we were trying it, but no one was really getting that close. And so I kind of had given up on it. And then to to land it so unexpectedly, I had no plans to try it that night. So when I finally did make it in front of that crowd, and then they they made that such a highlight, like it, it hits. It made Sports Center. Yeah. But yeah. but that was it for sure. That was like okay, I can stop competing. That was kind of, that's like, like the tip of the cap type of thing. That was it. Yeah, yeah. that was, I mean, if for lack of a better term, like that was my mic job. It was just like, oh, I yeah. can't do better than this in a contest. Nothing, no other event's going to top this Ex, this experience.
0: Did it feel the same? Did it feel that good too or no? It
1: felt like a giant relief. Because sometimes... No, for me it was just like, f- I finally did
0: that thing. Like I've right. been trying it for so long. I, I, it's so, over. But it was less elation of happiness and more just like, thank it God. It was both. It, okay. was, it
1: was a relief and it was, it was definitely happening and then I was like, oh, this, this would be a good out. Right. This would be a good exit. Right. It wasn't until the following days and weeks where I realized how far that it resonated and people were stopping me Everywhere. I mean, it culturally was like the, it was the only thing yeah, anybody talked about. it was, it was about. crazy, and and it was it was just it was such a strange, it was it was a strange feeling too. Because, for instance, I learned seven twenties on a backyard ramp in Sweden, in 1985.
0: Wow. This, what were we doing, in Sweden? I was the there
1: for the skate camp, this European skate camp where, you know, maybe 20 people signed up to be there for the week, and I was skating with two other guys. And I learned seven twenties. Sorry. I, yeah, and I, I learned seven twenties to an audience of two. Wow. And it was kind of like, Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that was <a> new one. <laughs> Way to go, man. Yeah. And then I land, I was like, yeah, right. You know, seven twenty. And then, so for me, those accomplishments were never met with much validation or appreciation beyond the skate community. Right. And then fast forward to 14 years later, I do a 900 and it makes news.
0: Yeah. It's okay. So that
1: was that was such a strange, you know, the, it's such a strange paradox for me.
0: Sure. When you say when you say, the validation of of people around you too. Uh, does your was your parents super supportive when you started skate when you got into skating? Like, was your family uh, yeah, they real? Were, supportive? I was
1: lucky because I had older siblings, and so my parents. Um,
0: but you always feel supported, like in what you what you wanted to do, by
1: them. Yeah. Sure. Well, that's yeah. a tough,
0: that's probably the, the toughest hurdle. Yeah, to because
1: I was the youngest of four. And by the time I came along, they had they had survived my older sisters and my brother in the 70s.
0: And all their bullshit. So then you were. Yeah. Easy
1: and then. they were and they were all into other stuff. My sister was a singer and my brother surfed. My dad would drive him, you know, Dawn Patrol to events and to Santa right. Barbara. And, and so um, by the time I came along, I came along much later. My dad was just like, whatever keeps him busy. <laughs> Get him away He'll, from yeah, us. Just <laughs> go do it. And so it was skating and it was yeah. like, all right, right, we'll drive me to the skate park. And he dropped me off there and till they close. What do you feel
0: what do you feel culturally that you're the most impressed by in the world of skating now? Like what to you is the thing that you're like wow that's is it is like whether it's a person, a team, a movement that's happening in skating or like what what is it to you now that you're like wow oh, fuck that's impressive. That was like kind of that felt like what you were doing for your for when you were when you had started versus what's um, going on now.
1: I think it's the it's the control that people have with their skateboard on such an intricate level that, mm. it, it I mean, it's beyond like Olympic precision. It's just so incredible and precise and and technical. That it's, it's creepy almost to me. Like sometimes I it see it, seems I'm like, unreal. this is creepy. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, seem and real. And when I see people doing these crazy big flips or flip, you know, and and, and it used to be like, how many times can you flip your board? Right, like, right. There was a guy on our team that did a quadruple 360 flip. And, and to me, that was the most incredible thing ever. And that was early 90s right and now it's like he's flipping his board is spinning he's spinning right right and then right. he's landing on a rail right right and right. then he's flipping out of it right like that kind of stuff is so it's not beyond my comprehension but it, it is unreal to me right that it's come that far and that people can can literally flip their board from a handrail like we all we tried to do in my generation was survive handrails
0: right. They flip on and flip out and flip out. That's on the, way the down. craziest yeah, thing I've ever crazy. seen.
1: Yeah. And, and so to me, that's, that's the movement that, that has stuck, but has become so incredibly difficult and, and mind blowing that, um, right. I, I'm, I'm a fan. <laughs> what can I say? Right. I'm I'm, not doing how could you not be? Fan. Right. Yeah. You'll never stop skating. Right. I don't think so. I might stop doing it in public if I feel like <laughs> I'm just, I'm just the old guy out there. Yeah. You know, doing frontside grinds, but
0: but at your at your house, you'll have you'll always do it at your house or somewhere. Sure, yeah, right. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I mean, I I can't, yeah, I can never quit, but I I love, I still feel like I, I have the skills and I'm relevant enough and and pushing it enough that I could do it, you know, and and be justified as a professional. Yeah. Um. But if there comes comes a time when it's just like, he's just playing the hits, you know what I mean? Like, right. And and, and it feels like I'm just kind of the sad old guy, at the bar, <laughs> then I'll probably not be doing my big demos or video parts, but you'll definitely be able to find me on my ramp or in my backyard any given day. Yeah. You'll
0: still always be you. Yeah. You can't get rid of that. Yeah. You can't get rid of it. I mean, I feel like whether or not you believe in destiny or or fate and I have a hard problem with the idea of that, but I got to know that aside from your talent and your hard work, I mean, aside from your hard work, you had to been gifted something so unique to become you that I just feel like that will that can't die. That doesn't die. Like that doesn't go away.
1: I don't think so. Yeah. I I, I, I just don't buy it. I you know? definitely carved out this unique path to be a somewhat public figure, but also have these, these skills and be able to sort of walk that walk. And, right. and I, I think that a lot of people say, you know, well, how do you stay relevant? I was like, because I keep skating.
0: Well, because you love it too. Yeah, that's but, that's but, what I it mean, is. That's right? really
1: it. It's not like I, I stopped skating and then I just have this machine of licensing and products and <laughs> right. it's like, I'm just resting on previous accolades. I can never do that or feel right about it. Right. Um, and, and people are just like, how do you still do it? I was like, I just never quit. Yeah. You just, and you won't. I, yeah. Like I said, I, I won't, but maybe I, I won't be so public about
0: it. <laughs> more and more secretive. Yeah. Um, all right. So, so, uh, I'm going to tie a bow on this, even though I want to talk to you for eight days straight, but it, are, is there a, uh, a site that you want to plug or for, for, for where people want to go to get more information about what you're doing and what's going uh, on or what yeah, foundations well, you're, you're talking about? Foundation.org is, is yeah, our huge.
1: foundation for public skate parks. Um, Tony Hawk Skate Jam on mobile. On that's mobile, big plug. Baby. That just came out. That just came out in November. It was and last now, year, right? Yeah, now, yeah. but there's a whole world tournament that happens on it that you can actually compete against people all across the world wow. on iPhone and Android. Who organize, Who organizes that kind of shit? That, so that one came from a friend who had worked with this developer and they said, Hey, these guys have a skate game and they would, they would like to work with you. And, and honestly, it wasn't a a big financial deal, but I saw what they had. And I knew that with my, not with my influence, but with my resources and my experience that we could make something that was more akin to our previous series on consoles. Right. And so I dove in with them probably for about a, almost a year. Um, work at tweaking it, and and now I feel like we have it. So it's, you know, along the line as best we can with one full touch screen, yeah, yeah not yeah. analog controls. Yeah,
0: but but everyone's mobile now. I mean, everything is on mobile. Yeah, you know, but and like, also
1: it's fun, like you know, two minute session waiting at Starbucks. Yeah, why not do a bunch of combos? Like that's what ends free. Right. So for me, it like it was just it was a fun, it was a fun project to be involved in, and I, I don't know if it's gonna go gangbusters, but I don't really care. Like it was it doesn't matter. It was cool to do. Yeah. It, yeah so. If you
0: enjoy it, I think that's that's the whole part of it. Yeah, you know? I do.
1: Yeah, it's legit. I'm, I'm on it. I'm, I'm out there. on I'm on there. You're, you're playing against me? You're playing against Tony. Yeah,
0: yeah give him your username. That's it. Tony Hawk. Find Tony Hawk
1: on there. I was I was Tony Skates cuz someone took my name and then Wouldn't they? Wouldn't someone
0: take Tony Hawk? Yeah, Wouldn't the, they? I and mean, then like, Maple
1: Media magically Gave it back to me. Yeah. They emailed that guy. They were like, <laughs> you're, you're <laughs> yeah. done. You're done. <laughs> he was squatting it. He wanted, he wanted a large sum yeah, yeah. for it.
0: <laughs> well, dude, uh, yeah. I, re, I so appreciate you coming by. Um, I think it's incredible. I uh, we, I didn't give any context to how we know each other. And you know what? I'm not going to tell anybody. <laughs> but I do appreciate I had you coming. Our that's our thing, actually, that's you know well. what's so funny? And um, it's his birthday today. Is it? Yeah. Today? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I should say this, actually. I want to tell the story fast. Uh, after I did uh Tony show on, on Sirius, we went to go get uh, sushi, and uh, I'm pulling into the. I'm about to pull into the sushi oh, lot. Oh, I
1: tell that story all.
0: I'm the about time. to pull in the sushi lot, and there's this huge. I think it's like a Mercedes SUV, like the the G wagon. I think is what it was. It's this big, obnoxious. I mean, huge wheels. And I'm like, who is this fucking guy blocking the the middle of no, the, to he get in? just
1: blocking La Cienega? Yeah, just a b- b- blocking, blocking the street, La So I'm like, dude, yeah.
0: this is unbelievable. I, I, like, of course, f- I pull over to get out of the way because I'm getting, you know, fucked by traffic and I see him get out and it's Kanye West and, you know, he gets out of his car and I'm pulling in, pulling over. And he, of course, he sees you and says, what's up to you? And then he's sitting like right next to us eating lunch. And in my head, I'm like, if I could tell the Chicago kid in me that I'm going to eat lunch with tony hawk and have kanye west nearby <laughs> yeah. i'd be like that's it kill yourself today that's the best that's the, that's the, that is the most odd weird funny
1: day the funny thing is i was approaching that suv to tell the guy to get out of the. i know i watched you get up there to be like dude i was you're like, like dude you're blocking traffic and it just right as i approached the car the door opened and i was like oh of course it's yeah kanye kanye west he's like tony yeah. hawk you're like Okay, I'm not, I can't yell at you anymore. Yeah, I guess. Right. <laughs> it's not going to do me any good. High five.
0: Right, high five. Um, well, dude, I appreciate it. Uh, go to the the, the TonyHawkFoundation.org. Uh, that's what it is to that's check it idea. out. Yeah. Go all to right, AndrewSantito.com.
1: Birdhouse skateboards, birdhouse skateboards.
0: Birdhouse skateboards, birdhouse, skateboard, birdhouse skateboards, birdhouse skateboards. Um, Say it three
1: times and we'll show up in your living room like we'll,
0: <laughs> we'll put We'll put all right. that link in the description. Go to AndrewSantito.com next week. I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. Phoenix, come on out. Come have some fun and say hi. Thank you, Tony. Appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Whisk, 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 whisk.
1: You are that creature in the ginger beard. Sturdy and ginger. Like that. the ginger gene is a curse. Gingers are pugilies. You owe me $5 for the whiskey and $75 for the horse. Gingers Oh hell no. This whiskey is excellent. Ginger. I
0: like gingers.